This episode of Tech News Day is sponsored by Calm and by ExpressVPN. It's nearly six months now since Donald J. Trump stopped being president of the United States, but he hasn't really gone away. I mean, he's still showing up to events to ramble on in his typical way to huge crowds of his fans, and he regularly hosts events at his Mar-a-Lago club in Florida. Sometimes he'll even just show up in the middle of a private wedding at Mar-a-Lago to hop on the mic and ramble about things that have nothing to do with the bride and groom's special day, which you'd think would piss off the newlyweds until you remember that they willingly chose to get married at Donald Trump's house, so they probably love it. It's like going to a Gallagher show and getting upset that you're covered in watermelon. Yeah. Uh, but in general, Trump has been a lot quieter post-presidency, and that's because he no longer is on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and a bunch of other social media platforms. So the reason for the previous president being banned from so many platforms is, of course, because his post-election speeches and social media posts directly led to a violent siege of the U.S. Capitol by Trump's fans, whose goal was to stop the certification of the 2020 election. The big tech has been pretty wary of things that might be considered election interference for the past few years. And this was literal IRL election interference encouraged by Trump himself, which resulted in multiple deaths. So, yeah, I mean, it's understandable uh, that in the wake of the Capitol riot, every social media platform worth a damn wanted nothing to do with this outgoing president. Yeah, it's really not that surprising. Especially after they monetized him to death completely and they're like, well, he's not president anymore. So, I don't know. Yeah. Is the profit still there? I don't want to play with you anymore. Exactly. Uh, and watching that all go down in real time, particularly on Twitter, was hilarious because Trump was obviously furious. And after his main accounts got banned, he tried some classic ban evasion by commandeering multiple other Twitter accounts tied to his political operation, each of which was banned one by one. Uh, in the months that have followed, Trump briefly had an official blog set up where he would post statements that were essentially just tweets that he would be posting on Twitter if he could do so. But that was no replacement for the real thing. I'm just, I, I wonder how many bangers he came up with on the golf course. Just lost. Oh, he, yeah, he's probably like, you know, it's like losing a limb. It's, he has a phantom, phantom tweets. He needs to just write them all down and oh. publish a book. Yeah. Yeah. He'd probably make a lot of money. The musings of Donald Trump it's on the golf course. It's not the same, though. Yeah. Uh, also, no, by the way, no replacement for the real thing. Uh, joining Parler. A right-wing Twitter clone most famous for being the website lots of capital rioters use to incriminate themselves. It's just not the same. No. Trump has had plenty of time to join Parler, and he hasn't, possibly due to a bit of a disagreement between himself and Parler that was recently revealed in an excerpt from the upcoming book Landslide, The Final Days of the Trump Presidency by Michael Wolff. Here's that section of the book, which actually takes place before the Capitol riot and Trump's social media bans. One curious point of consideration for the family that morning, prescient of the events that would shortly unfold, was a follow-up to a discussion initiated some months before by aides and family. Trump representatives working with Trump family members had approached Parler, the social network backed by Bob Mercer and his daughter Rebecca, far-right exponents and large Trump contributors. They had floated a proposition that Trump, after he left office, become an active member of Parler, moving much of his social media activity there from Twitter. In return, Trump would receive 40% of Parler's gross revenues, and the service would ban anyone who spoke negatively about him. Wow. Parler was balking only at this last condition. Ah, the real free, free speech zone, where you get banned for saying anything. I negative. have a few modest requests. I need 40% of all your revenue, and also, no one can say mean things about me. They can't say that my clothes don't exist. They're fine linens. The pants aren't backwards. They're Italian. Mm -hmm. So even Parler, which is essentially a Trump fan forum, thought Trump's conditions for joining were just a bit excessive. And the six months since then, though, there has been talk of Trump starting his own social media platform, though there hasn't 
been anything to show for it. Uh, recently, Trump officially joined the video platform Rumble, but anyone expecting regular vlog content will be disappointed to see that he's only used the account to post raw video of two recent rallies. It's unknown why exactly Trump hasn't really embraced any of the various platforms that would be more than happy to have him. But uh, one reason might be that uh, by doing so, he would be admitting defeat at the hands of Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. And this is a guy who very clearly does not like to admit defeat. Yeah. It's kind of his thing. I don't... Did he even ever concede the 2020 election? I think he, like, messed up and said it at one point, And everyone's like, well, he said it. And then he's no, I didn't. No, yeah. no, that was... But he... Frankly, we did win this election. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's no surprise that Donald Trump, the man who refuses to admit defeat, is now suing Facebook, Twitter, and Google over his suspensions. Uh, the only surprise, really, is that it took this long. Uh, also interesting, though, is that he's not only suing the three companies, but also their CEOs, Mark Zuckerberg, Jack Dorsey, and Sundar Pichai. Uh, Trump announced this class action suit Wednesday morning at a press conference at his Bedminster Golf Club. And the goal of the lawsuit is not only to get his accounts and the other plaintiff's accounts unbanned, but also to have the court declare that Section 230 is unconstitutional. Ooh, doesn't that go against this? I don't know. And yeah, as you might guess, uh, actual legal experts are not very confident that Trump has much of a case. Uh, here's the New York Times. Mr. Trump, speaking from his Bedminster, New Jersey golf club, announced that he would serve as the lead plaintiff in the class action lawsuit, arguing that he has been censored wrongfully by the tech companies. Speaking about, quote, freedom of speech and the First Amendment, which applies to the government, not to private sector companies, Mr. Trump called his lawsuit, which was filed on Wednesday in the United States District Court for the Southern District of Florida, a, quote, very beautiful development. <laughs> His political operation immediately began fundraising off it. At the events and in-court documents, Mr. Trump's legal team argued that the tech firms amounted to state actors, and thus the First Amendment applied to them. Legal experts said similar arguments had repeatedly failed in the courts before. Quote, Mark Zuckerberg doesn't work for the government. Jack Dorsey doesn't work for the government. Eric Goldman, a law professor at Santa Clara University School of Law and a co-director of the High Tech Law Institute, said of the Facebook and Twitter chief executives, the idea that somehow magically we can treat them as an extension of the government is illogical. Yeah, and another law expert quoted at the end of the article put things a lot more bluntly. They said, the lawsuit is a legally frivolous publicity stunt that has essentially no chance of succeeding in court, but a high chance of drawing a lot of attention. Yeah. And that seems to be the case here, as evidenced by all the fundraising texts and emails that went out right after the press conference. President Trump is suing big tech. Chip in and help. Well, and that's the thing, too, with a lot of the followers who, you know, get their news straight from Trump and uh, these other sources. They will always know about Trump suing Facebook, Twitter and Google over this stuff and over their free speech. Yeah, they and don't need to amendment. find out what happens with it. No need to figure out what happens at the end, even if it yeah. goes against it. And he is, uh, you know, uh, not, not found guilty because he's suing them, but they uh, they favor the big tech companies. No one will ever care about that yeah. because it's all about fighting them. Yeah, it's all about the fact that he filed lawsuits. He so they must have done garbage. something wrong. And yeah. if they don't get in trouble for it, then it's just an affront to justice. Yeah. So. Yeah. But um, we do kind of hope that this lawsuit isn't immediately thrown out because it would be awesome to see Trump sit in depositions with lawyers from Facebook, Twitter, and Google and answer their question for hours on end because that's how it would actually have to work. And it'd be great because he gets bored so easily. Yeah. It would just be like, it would be like watching a toddler. 
Yeah, and he would presumably have to answer, like, detailed questions about January 6th. Yeah. That would be funny, because he hasn't really talked much about that, especially yeah. not under oath, so... Yeah, I hope that I hope this lawsuit goes yeah, all the way. This and the rallies and everything else, it's literally just milking whatever money is left from the most yeah. hardcore followers. Like even Mike Lindell is still saying that like what was it, August twelfth or something? August twelfth. Be ready. Be ready. That's Trump's coming back, that's baby. When Trump becomes real life president again. Yeah. Anyway, sitting down and answering questions for lawyers, although would be entertaining, must watch TV. Yeah. Probably won't happen. Down in Florida, Governor Ron DeSantis recently signed off on a new law making it illegal for social media platforms to deplatform politicians, and a U.S. district judge has already temporarily blocked it from going to effect. Uh, the temporary injunction was granted when two lobbying groups representing various tech giants sued to block the law, and the judge basically said that the plaintiffs would easily win if the case is brought to trial. Yeah, here's Judge Robert Hinkle. The legislation compels providers to host speech that violates their standards, speech they otherwise would not host, and forbids providers from speaking as they otherwise would. The legislation now at issue was an effort to rein in social media providers deemed too large and too liberal. Balancing the exchange of ideas among private speakers is not a legitimate governmental interest. But that's the thing, too. Is it's like you, you're arguing for not being able to, like, deplatform anyone and, uh, and free speech on a private platform, while at the same time trying to, like, rip away Section 230, which if that happens, would make all of these websites way, 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 way more yeah, intense would, regarding bans would, and suppression of speech. Yeah, the uh, it would, things would get a lot worse before they ever possibly even get better. Um, and it, yeah, it's, it, it all comes down to like basically the platforms themselves have free speech, which is like Section 230 grants them the, the free speech and, and that free speech is expressed by them choosing who they want to have on their platforms or not. Yes. And uh, it's not perfect. Could probably use a lot of work. But uh, you can't just sue someone for banning you from Twitter. <laughs> like, Especially when you caused an insurrection. Yeah, you just uh, you don't have a case. I'm sorry. Yeah. But um, I mean, it's pretty clear cut. Like, you were the president. Like, it couldn't have happened more in broad daylight. Yeah. You're the president. You instructed your followers to <laughs> yeah. raid the Capitol to try to stop Mike Pence from voting to confirm Joe Biden as president. You don't have a constitutional right to a Twitter account. I'm sorry. But hey, if you want to argue it, I make, guess... Uh, make your own website. All and, eyes uh, on this court yeah. case, I guess. If you don't like it, make your own website. And speaking of which, back on the topic of all the uh, parlors and rumblers and gabs out there, yeah, uh, the right-wing free speech social media ecosystem just got a little bit bigger. Introducing Getter. Great name. Unlike Gab and Parler which to some degree at least try to be unique in their design and functionality and whatnot. Uh, Getter is literally a Twitter clone. The user interface and functionality are identical. Despite being so low effort, though, Getter has so far been successful at attracting a small handful of, you know, the usual suspects, your prominent conservative users like Dinesh D'Souza, Ben Carson, Mike Pompeo, Newsmax, etc., uh, although most of those feeds are identical to the feeds over on Twitter. And, yeah, they're just squatting uh, their names in case it, you know, anything actually yeah, becomes... It's unclear how many of these verified accounts are actually real accounts and not just copying stuff from Twitter. Like Getter started the accounts and just like yeah. has an auto post for anything that's posted to Twitter. Um, but uh, it does look like a few people actually are using it. Um but yeah, so what? How did? What's going on? What is this getter? What, what's the deal? With get getter? her done. 
Larry the Cable Guy social media. I mean, it does sound like Getter might be done. Well, so, okay. For real, though, Getter is, at least as of now, the closest thing the MAGA world has to an official platform. Though Trump himself has apparently zero involvement in it. Uh, It's being run by former Trump spokesman Jason Miller. And like every other attempt at such a platform, it advertises itself as a marketplace of ideas, which is pro-free speech, anti-cancel culture, anti-big tech, etc. It launched in beta last week, but its official launch was on the 4th of July. So how did it go? Well, like most of these things, not great. But the first bigger question, why isn't Trump involved? Well, regardless, Jason Miller wants everyone to know that the door is always open for if and when Trump does decide to join. Look yeah. at the red carpet tree. <laughs> Mr. Trump, we're going to keep the seat nice and warm for you. Mm-hmm. And no one can say bad things. Now, here's the, da- the Daily Beast. During a Thursday night appearance on Newsmax's Cortez and Pellegrino, co-hosted by former Trump advisor Steve Cortez, Miller spent much of his time dutifully promoting the site to the pro-Trump network's viewers, touting Getter as a place people won't be canceled and bragging about its cutting-edge technology. While lauding the site as a cancel-free zone, Miller also boasted that Getter's moderation system had already tracked left-of-center people who tried to join the platform, adding that they were able to catch them and delete some of that content. Wow, that sounds pretty free speech to me. (laughs) After Miller noted that the platform offers a post limit of 777 characters, co-host Jen Pellegrino wondered aloud if the opportunity for lengthier posts was related to somebody who would have a real Donald Trump handle, prompting an awkward response from the ex-Trump spokesman. Quote, well, I will tell you that real Donald Trump is reserved for the 45th president, my favorite president. So if he does decide to join the platform, then we'd love to have him if... He'll be able to come and join, Miller said. So that is set aside especially. He continued, and you know what? I don't think he's going to be worried about counting characters if he decides to join our platform. That's up to him. I have to let the president go and speak for himself on that. But we'd love to have him. Mr. President, are your ears burning? Because uh, just make one call. Haven't heard from him in a while. It's almost like he forgot I exist. Remember all those times? He, we... he won't write back. This is Jason Miller, guys, though. Real piece of shit, too. I don't have to get into it. He's a very bad person. He uh, apparently uh, slipped uh, fucking abortion drugs into his girlfriend. Oh, yeah, that's the guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But anyways, it sounds like Trump has no plans to join Getter. But Trump fans do seem to be flocking to Getter. Uh, Thing is, so are a lot of trolls, obviously. Here's journalist Will Sommer. QAnon fans were initially excited about new MAGA social app Getter, but they're growing irate as moderators fail to keep lewd anime pics and the pig poop balls meme out of the QAnon hashtag. (laughs) One of the top results now features Sonic the Hedgehog crushing a guy with his feet. (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) I I would like to join the platform. Where do I sign up? It's like all the best memes are on Getter. (laughs) Yeah. Journalist Zachary Petrito uh, backed all this up saying... Another big problem on Jason Miller's right-wing getter site, I'm told, is that the site is being spammed with Sonic the Hedgehog furry porn. (laughs) Sounds great. Gotta go fast. Mm -hmm. QAnon supporters were also very unhappy about the fact that their hashtags and posts were being overrun by stock photos of old men in their underwear. That's my favorite. I don't know what the origin is of it. I know Eric, uh, internet comment Eric, is a big fan of it. I don't know the exact origins of the uh, stock photos of old men in their underwear, just as a... You know, you see a post that's just incomprehensible uh, right-wing conspiracy gibberish. You mm-hmm. just reply to it with stock photos of all naked old men. Yeah. And uh, it does the trick. It does the trick. And it doesn't matter. It's like it's like a great cleaning product. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how it works. Yeah. As long as the end result is good. Uh, that, that pig with 
poop on his balls picture is disgusting. It's the one where it shits a whole log onto its balls, right? Yeah, his giant... These giant balls, balls and there's just a log of shit on them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's fucking gross. Don't let that pig in the pool. No. Not for two <laughs> weeks. Nope. <laughs> uh, however, it wasn't just like that sort of trolling, which was presumably coming from the left. Uh, there was also plenty of trolling from the extreme far right. Uh, here's Zach Patrizza again. Things aren't going well on Jason Miller's new Getter social media site, as overnight the website was overrun with Nick Fuentes' white nationalist Groiper army who seek to hijack the platform. As a result, Getter has started banning some of their accounts. And uh, if you're not familiar with Nick Fuentes or Groiper stuff, I mean, just look at these Getter screenshots, which are full of extreme over-the-top racism and anti-Semitism and slurs and... Yeah. Uh, keep, keep, keep it blurred a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, so... You had trolls coming in from from all sides. You had the people trying to, you know, just uh, piss off piss off the QAnon people, and then you had like full on fascists coming in. This place is not fascist enough, so we're gonna fill it with racism. So not great. Just a bad week. Forget her. Yeah. Well, stuck in the middle with you. I mean, no surprise there. Uh, this free speech, anti censorship, anti deplatforming platform has. Spent its first week on a on a banning spree. Wow. Sounds like everything's going hypocrites much? As as well as anyone could have predicted. I love this happens anytime there's like a, you know, anti-censorship free speech thing. People just immediately are like, oh really? Mm-hmm. Let's test your commitment to your principles. And it, it inevitably they're like, oh yeah, so it turns out moderation is uh is good. Um shit. My yeah. bad. Yeah. On top of that, though, it turns out that, uh, shocker, Getter security isn't all that great. What? When they said cutting edge, they mean rusty and dull. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they were, of course, hacked almost immediately after officially launching. The hacker, Juba Baghdad, defaced several verified accounts and changed their display names to Juba Baghdad was here, free Palestine. So there you go. Here's uh, Insider. On Monday, at Juba Baghdad told Insider that although Getter fixed the initial bug he said he used in the attack, he was still able to scrape user data from individual accounts, including email addresses and birth years. He confirmed this by sharing details of a test account that Insider set up. When asked why he decided to target the social media platform, he said it was just for fun and that it had been easy from a technical standpoint. Roughly 20 minutes of work. So that's... That's wow. fucking great. And uh, yeah, just as soon as it launched, people were just going into like... View source and just being like, there's a lot of stuff here that I should not be able to see as yeah. a user visiting this website. Well, at least it like the as a website, it worked. Unlike uh, Frank Speech, which first of all wasn't a social media website, and second didn't load. There's also uh, a lot of talk that they literally may have stolen Twitter's <laughs> like API. Like yeah. it's uh, it's like it's exact copy in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And I think at one point, like they were hyperlinking. Like, because, you know, they were doing the thing where they just, like, anything you tweet on a verified account, it would just post it onto your Getter account. But, like, mm-hmm. they weren't even uh, copying the photos and videos to their own server. Yeah, it was they like were hosting direct- pic.twitter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they were yeah, directly yeah. linking to Twitter's uh, media. Which, hey, like, that's a w- great way to cut down on hosting yeah. costs. So, I don't know. I, like, I don't know if this fight is even worth Twitter's time. Because they're just like, by the time we get in a courtroom, this site's not even going to be up yeah. anymore. But, uh, <laughs> So there it you is, go. Uh, Let it yeah. fizzle itself out. So yeah, there's Getter. Uh, not exactly the uh, game changer that they probably hoped it will be. But any day now, Trump is going to drop his like official MAGA social media site. And uh, it's over for all these pros. Yeah. 
the boomers get really upset about getting knocked off these platforms. And, and still, for some reason, they haven't yet found and infiltrated 4chan, which would, I'm assuming, just welcome them with open arms. Well. Lovingly. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. I mean, I think the biggest thing holding back your gabs and parlors and getters is that uh, a big part of being an American conservative nowadays, a big part of your identity is triggering the libs. And, and being when a, you when being you a have, victim, and when you have your own space, yeah. where there are no libs, what's even the point? It's yeah, just exactly. an echo chamber of like you and other people. Like you can you can say the most like hard right shit, and everyone's gonna be like, "Yeah, cool, I agree." Mostly, there's not gonna be anyone quote tweeting you and being would like, Facebook, "Look at this horrible person." Would Facebook even be fun if boomers weren't getting banned on it yeah. or having their posts deleted? But they have nothing else. Then they would have nothing to uh, like yell yeah. about. People like conflict. They mm-hmm. like arguing with people. They like getting mad. And when you're on a website that only has other people that you agree with, it's a lot harder to get mad mm-hmm. in that in that dopamine hitting way that when you when you when someone replies directly to you with some bullshit that you hate and then you can get mad at them. It's it's just not the same. Yeah. So. That's, and for a lot of boomers, they, they don't have anything else to do except argue online. Yeah. It's it's filling a gap that would have typically been taken up by Fishing or greeting people at Walmart. Yeah. So, I don't know. What are you going to do? Anyways, we got more news to get to. But first, a word from this week's sponsors, starting with one that we need right now, Calm. Now, here's the bad news. The world is full of uncertainty, and that might leave you feeling stressed or anxious. You want the good news, though? You can navigate change, feel more relaxed, and quiet your mind with Calm. Calm, the number one mental wellness app, will give you the tools that improve the way you feel. Clear your head with guided daily meditations, improve your focus with Calm's curated music tracks, and drift off to dreamland with Calm's imaginative sleep stories. And if you go to calm.com slash tech, you'll get a limited time offer of 40% off a Calm premium subscription, which includes hundreds of hours of programming and new content added every week. Over 100 million people around the world use Calm to take care of their minds. Sleep more, stress less, live better with Calm. For viewers of our show, Calm is offering a special limited time promotion of 40% off a Calm premium subscription at calm.com slash tech. Go to calm.com, calm.com slash tech for 40% off unlimited access to Calm's entire library. That is calm.com slash tech. And this episode is sponsored by ExpressVPN. We all take little risks every day when we go online, whether we think about it or not. Uh, We think our connection probably won't be interrupted by hackers. Our data probably won't be used against us. But using the internet without ExpressVPN, buddy, that's like driving without car insurance. Why would you take that risk? Every time you connect to an unencrypted network, cafes, hotels, airports, any hacker on the same network can gain access to your personal data, whether it's your passwords, financial details, etc. It doesn't take much technical knowledge to hack someone, just some cheap hardware. A smart 12-year-old could do it, and they have. Zero cool. Yeah. Made famous. Uh, Your data is, of course, valuable. Hackers can make up to $1,000 per person selling your personal info on the dark web. ExpressVPN acts as online insurance. It creates a secure, encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet so hackers can't steal your personal data. It would take a hacker with a supercomputer over a billion years to get past ExpressVPN's encryption. And ExpressVPN is simple to use on all your devices. Just fire up the app and click one button to get protected. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash newsday. That is E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash newsday. And you can get an extra three months for free. Expressvpn.com slash newsday. 
All right, back to the news now with uh, some quick stories to round out this episode. Starting with the latest, and what just seems to be a constant, never-ending stream of major ransomware attacks. Uh, so this latest attack seems to have been the work of Revil or Reevil, the group who recently took down the world's largest meat processing company for several days before they paid an $11 million ransom. But that was chump change compared to this latest attack. It was much bigger because it used a tactic similar to the uh, that big SolarWinds hack from earlier this year. You just infect a piece of business software at the source before it goes out to their customers and thereby infect all those customers. In this case, uh, the target was a company called Casilla. Uh, to explain what Casilla is and why this might be the biggest ransomware attack in history, here's Gizmodo. Casilla sells its products to firms known as managed service providers, or MSPs, companies that provide remote IT services to hundreds of smaller sized businesses that don't have the resources to conduct those processes in-house. MSPs use Casilla's VSA cloud platform to help manage and send software updates to their clients, as well as to manage other user issues. However, VSA's widespread use is exactly what has allowed hackers to exploit it and allegedly infect droves of companies. The record reports that the ransomware gang responsible for this gargantuan attack is abusing Casilla's product by, quote, using a malicious update to deploy its malware to companies across the world. While it's unclear the exact mechanics of the attack or how and when it occurred, security experts are reporting that the ransomware is affecting not just the MSPs that use VSA, but their clients too. In other words, the ransomware seems to have infected hundreds of smaller-sized businesses that rely on the MSPs for IT support. I mean, this is fucking brilliant. So it's like, it's not even just like with SolarWinds, it's like an enterprise product that goes out to a bunch of companies. This is a product that goes out to a bunch of companies, and then those companies use the product on a bunch of companies who are their clients. Mm-hmm. There's three layers to this. It's, uh, it's incredible. It's like and, a virus. Uh, yeah, if, if based on what the product is used for, would give someone access to pretty much whatever they want. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's it's brilliant. And uh, also, it turns out that the like hundreds of companies that in that statement we just read, huge understatement. At least a thousand companies around the world have fallen victim to, these, to this attack. I've seen fifteen hundred, two thousand. According to Reevil, the hackers, the number of systems infected is actually over a million. Though they might not be. Telling the truth. Well, if it's like thousands of companies, then I, it's, you, it's a big web that keeps going yeah. bigger and bigger and bigger. I, I, it's somewhat believable. Yeah. Uh, in any case, uh, Reevil is demanding $70 million in Bitcoin, which, if they get it, would be the biggest ransom ever paid in a ransomware attack. Uh, this has, of course, attracted serious attention from the FBI, CIA, and presumably all of their counterparts in countries around the world. Um but for now, it's looking like Kaseya may have to just bite the bullet and pay up, yeah. which uh, crazy. Yeah. He, uh, learning a lot of lessons this past six months or so mm-hmm. in cybersecurity. A lot of expensive lessons. There you go. And um, I don't know. We keep seeing shit like this happen. I feel like it's just going to keep happening. Yes, it will. And um, even on the largest scale possible, the credit companies, like, mm. slap on the wrist. So yeah. it's like, what is you know, what's going to happen? Like, oh, well, if the companies even go out of business, the people running the companies are like, oh, well, on to the next thing. Yeah. We'll just rebrand this and do the same thing, but with a different name that isn't tarnished. So. I wonder if, uh, I wonder if ransomware is like now standard part of like insurance policies for big companies. It's got to be, right? Yeah. I'm sure there's an like insurance underwriter willing to do it though, in any case. Or maybe not because it happens so frequently. I don't know. I mean. Usually they're just like, Oh, uh, here's some identity theft software for six months and uh, a coupon down at the local, uh, you know, 
Baskin Robbins. You know they, how many flavors they have? Yeah. You'll never believe it. Almost as many people that were involved it's in this. Thirty-one. Happened. They have thirty-one flavors. Yeah. Anyways, in robot news, Hyundai recently completed uh, its acquisition of Boston Dynamics and decided to celebrate with yet another video of these damn murder robots doing a choreographed dance routine. Unlike the previous Do You Love Me video from last year, though, they really stepped up their game this time around with a much more sleekly produced video featuring a team of spot robots dancing to K-pop group BTS's song Ionic, Yeah, I guess, uh, which was itself a collaboration between BTS and Hyundai. Yeah, it's literally, Ionic is a Hyundai, a line of Hyundai vehicles. Uh-huh. So, uh, yeah, Korean car company Hyundai got Korean pop group BTS to do a slick pop song about their car. And now these Korean robots are dancing to it. The people of Boston are going to be very upset with me. Yeah, it's not, uh, it's not. Hey, what are you doing? It's not very Boston. Where's the chowder? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's like, hey, kids, you like BTS? Mm. You're, you're going to love these super cool Boston Dynamics robots. Yeet. <laughs> Shush. Yeah. Look, they can dance around just like your favorite Korean pop stars, and they definitely aren't going to hunt you down and kill you someday. Don't be silly. Just accept them. Yeah. Welcome them into your lives. This is fun. Think of all the dance routines they'll be able to do. They, they're probably going to have, like, a TikTok account. Yeah, I'm sure they already do. Ah, you're you're, you're going to love the Boston Dynamics robots. You're going to make fan cams of the robots. They're great. They're very normal. And you love them, and you accept them. Just don't give them a gun. Don't get... Hey, who said anything about guns? These are these are just... These robots are having fun. They're doing a dance. Come don't on. give them a gun. You love the robot. They can't don't be trusted. Don't, don't give them a gun. They but And don't knock them over, because it's sad, and they learn. Don't make them angry. Yes. Keep the robot happy. But let's move on to space news. I mean, we recently talked about Jeff Bezos' plan to fly to space on July 20th in one of his Blue Origin rockets. But it seems there's a bit of a space race between the super-rich rocket company owners of the world. Because now, Richard Branson said he's actually going to fly in his own space tourism rockets a full nine days ahead of Bezos on July 11th, which is this weekend. Yeah. And he's going to do it with a naked bikini model on his he back. He probably will. That's, <laughs> that's, uh, that's the Richard Branson way. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, he'll be flying in a Virgin Galactic VSS Unity space plane, which, yeah, it's actually very different from the craft that Bezos will be using. Different enough to be like, who cares? It's interesting. It's interesting. So, yeah, instead of taking off from a launch pad like a rocket, it's actually carried most of the way up to space, attached to an airplane, which it detaches from at a very high altitude, and then uses a rocket built into itself to get... The rest of the distance up to the edge of what is considered space where it, it floats for a couple minutes before coming back down to Earth and landing on a runway like a normal airplane. I'm still, I get that it's the same thing, but it's not. And launching a rocket into space is way more entertaining yeah. and full of risk yeah. and just everything. This is just like getting on a uh, normal like commercial flight, but it just keeps going up. You yeah, know? you get a little, yeah. a little jolt. Oh, it must be turbulent. Instead of hitting 35,000, it, it just keeps going. And then it, at one point, you do, <laughs> it does drop your plane. And for about five seconds, you're probably uh, feeling a little sick before the boosters kick in and you go even higher. But yeah, it's it's very different. That's If I was Jeff Bezos, that would be my stance on it. So, that's like, not that's even not, yeah, it's not, What are you doing? I'm not trying to spoil any recent hey, movies that came out. But, nice uh, plane. Not trying to spoil any recent movies that came out. But uh, look. Be a lot more impressive if it was done the other way. Family. There you go. Now, much like with Blue Origin, Virgin Galactic is kind of cool, but it's also completely irrelevant to anyone that doesn't have hundreds of thousands of dollars in cash lying around that they're willing to spend to 
you know, just hang out in space for a minute, <laughs> maybe more. The whole thing is just a dick measuring contest between two men who need to be taxed more. So aside from the idea that this is really, really going to annoy Jeff Bezos and probably Elon Musk as well, I mean, who cares? Yeah. I... Unless he gets fuck a bikini you. model to hang on to the plane on the outside. Yeah, if he's going to fuck in space, like, that's actually pretty cool. Yeah, I agree. But still, flying, then going, eh. Big, big, big naturals in space, just floating in zero G. Yeah. Never seen that before. But no, the rocket, way more impressive. Yeah. And I hate Jeff Bezos. And I also am very <laughs> aggravated that because of the Bo Burnham song, I now know the year that he was born obsessively. <laughs> 1964. Yeah. Yeah. CEO, entrepreneur. Born in 1964. It's true. Thank you, Bo Burnham. <laughs> I bet he's heard that song and he enjoys it. Yes. Oh, very nice. They made a song about me. He yeah, must, he must also, really like me. They also make fun of Mark Zuckerberg, you say? Mm. Mm, good. Yes. Uh, in other rich guy news, NFTs continue to be a thing somehow, and people continue to pay stupid amounts of money for them. People who need to be taxed more. <laughs> Uh, one of the latest examples of an NFT selling for big money was uh, Tim Berners-Lee, the inventor of the World Wide Web, sold an NFT of the source code for the World Wide Web for $5.4 million at an auction at Sotheby's. Now, of course, when you buy an NFT, you're not really buying the thing that you're buying. You're really just buying a digital certificate of ownership. So whoever bought this didn't actually buy ownership over the source code for the World Wide Web, which is by definition open source. This is similar to like buying Jack Dorsey's first tweet. It's like, yeah, you own it. You, you own the tweet, I guess. Here's the link to the tweet. I mean, anyone can click it, but this is yours. Anyway, thanks for the money. Yeah, what they did get, though, is this half-hour video file showing the 10,000 lines of code being written out, which is kind of cool, although anyone can download a watermarked version right off the Sotheby's website. So well, there you go. What extra, what's extra cool, though, is that something you may have already noticed if you're familiar with coding. Uh, this shit is wrong. It's full of errors. <laughs> And it's a very obvious type of error. Yeah. Uh, so the uh, angle bracket characters from the original code have been replaced by the HTML versions, which are it's an ampersand LT at the beginning and an ampersand GT at the end. That's what you would use if you wanted brackets to show up correctly in the text of a web page rather than use the brackets in the actual formatting of the web page. Uh, in other words, it's just wrong. It's it's. The code is wrong. It's unclear how this happened, but whoever paid $5.4 million for the source code for the World Wide Web actually bought code that is literally incorrect and unusable. This code is, it won't do anything. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, again, it's, it's, not like, it's not like any of that really matters because no one actually owns the World Wide Web. This buyer didn't actually buy anything except for they bought a place. Uh, they bought a place to, put, to park their money so that it can't be touched yeah. by whatever government they belong to. I own the World Wide Web. Mm -hmm. I own it. You want to see it? <laughs> Would you like to see it? <laughs> uh, anyways, finally, let's close out with some uh, more Mark Zuckerberg awkwardness. In our previous episode, we talked about his 4th of July video in which he surfs while holding a big American flag, something that would likely look cool being done by almost anyone who isn't Mark Zuckerberg. Well, um, here's a recent vi uh, video Facebook released in Brazil to promote the debut of payments on WhatsApp. Fico feliz em saber que o WhatsApp finalmente lançou o serviço de pagamento no Brasil. Deixa eu ligar para um amigo que com certeza vai saber como usar, entende? Olá, Pele, King of Football. Olá, Mark. 
King of Zap Zap. <laughs> Mark, how do you get the payment on the WhatsApp? Well, sending money to friends and family is just as easy as sending a photo. It's free, and all you need is a card from one of our supported banks. There are no fees, no standing in line, no need for cash. Just tap the paperclip or plus icon to get started. Wow, it's amazing. I look forward to use this with my family. Okay, Mark, good luck. Keep the ball rolling. Stay well, my friend. Yes, that was soccer legend Pele, who looks weirdly like a deep fake of himself nowadays. I don't know why that is. It's just his face, I guess. Mm -hmm. But he's a legend. And he's yeah having a friendly and natural human conversation with Mark Zuckerberg about how you can now use WhatsApp to transfer money in Brazil. Very cool, Mark. Love it. Can we please have vaccines? No, you get WhatsApp money transfer. Yeah. And you like it. And we'll send a couple ostriches down to take care of your president. Was that the Brazilian president? <laughs> yeah, Jair Bolsonaro. Yeah. yeah. Forgot about him. He always gets pecked by an ostrich. Yeah, he, the man. He's and he's gotten COVID guy. twice, right? He's gotten COVID a lot. Um, yeah, he seems like he's always on the verge of death, but miraculously, it doesn't yeah. happen. So anyway, that's go. our episode. Uh, yeah, if you haven't watched that video about Zuckerberg surfing and uh, a bunch of other news from the FaZe Clan. The, 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 the FaZe Clan yeah. cryptocurrency uh, little, little thing happening there. Uh, there's that video and uh, also our video about the LAPD. Um, Doing an oopsie. Blowing up a neighborhood. And then placing the blame on anyone but themselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it gets worse every day. It does. There's new articles that I've seen where it's just like, wait, hold on. This isn't what happened. I We lived through this four yeah, days ago. We all watched it happen. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, check those videos out over here. Subscribe to the channel and we'll see you very soon. Bye-bye.